Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. You know, we get to where we say it so often, it doesn't mean anything. You remember, God is good all the time and all the time, God is good. It gets so, but man, this morning after that testimony, and it's funny because I, I woke up at three this morning just feeling great. And I was uh, in my chair with my coffee. That was feeling good too. And I just went on my phone. I have Bible on my phone and I just, you know, was looking up uh, about God being good. And there are just so many scriptures. So it's just a, a prelude to what, uh, to what I was able to hear today. And, uh, you know, I've been there. I've been there. I remember it was like 25 years ago. I couldn't clap my hands because I felt arthritic pain. And I, had, I didn't want a woman to shake my hand because I didn't want tears to come to my eyes. There was just that much pain. Yeah, I wouldn't even let a guy touch me, you know, because, because of that pain. But uh, I want to tell you, you know, you can be prayed for more than once. It's okay to be prayed for more than once. <laughs> you say, well, how many times? Well, uh, uh, Peter asked Jesus how many times? Seven. No, Jesus said 70 times seven. Well, how many times can I get prayed for? As many as it takes. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That might be messing with your theology. But um, sometimes, you know, it is impossible to be prayed for and nothing happen. I believe that every time you're prayed for, the anointing of the Spirit of God will come upon you in some way, form, or fashion and do something on the inside of you to bring about. It might not, you might not feel it at that moment, but... There is a, there is something happening. I just, uh, Raymond, uh, we get together for coffee. I mean, we get together to walk. And um, he has a testimony that I just love to hear. He was laying, you know, I can't say he was dying. He felt like he was dying. He might have been. But he was laying in that, and, and uh, I remember saying to him, I said, don't, don't worry about praying, we're praying for you. Reality is, is sometimes when you don't feel like you've got, the, you've got the faith or the courage or the strength to pray for yourself, there are other people praying for you. And after that happened, he said he was laying there in bed, he was in pain, and he saw this hand, if I'm, if I'm not doing it right, I might even do it better than you, you know. <laughs> it might sound better, but, you know, you can correct me. Uh, but anyway, he's laying there. He was in pain. 
And he saw this hand come down from heaven and he thought, oh, God's going to heal me. God's going to touch me. And God reached right past him and said, no. And all of a sudden, all that pain was gone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, you know, I could, uh, I could give you a few testimonies. I want to tell one about my wife. She's always telling on me. How, how about if I just do one on her? Well, you know, there was a couple of times I thought she was going crazy. I mean, literally. I mean, she was a basket case. And I remember uh, Debbie came over and she... Melody, yeah, I didn't care what happened. What you know, as long as something happened. So they went to a hotel room and they were gone for a day or two or three or I don't know, you know. And so Jesus appeared, and I think is did he reach inside you? Je yeah, Jesus appeared and reached inside of her and pulled out this root and stood there with this root. It was as big as her. And she was, were you healed then? Yeah, pulled out the root of shame. Hallelujah. And there was, uh, there was a period of time where, even before that where we were praying and God did miracles. But God is a God of miracles. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, I prayed for people and they died. Some people say, oh, I don't need prayer, Pastor. <laughs> I'm good. Well, I understand that, but I made a promise to God that no matter what happened, I'm going to preach the word and I'm going to believe the word. And I have seen the miraculous happen after that. And so um, this is my sermon. But I'm just so inspired by that testimony. Hallelujah. I think sometimes uh, we underestimate, we undervalue the gospel. I was going to save this for another time, but if you think that God just sent Jesus to, to die on the cross for your sins and just forgive you, he did a lot more than that. He did a lot. He, he was forgiving people in the Old Testament. He was, if that's all he was doing, he didn't need to send Jesus. But, oh man, let's just go. I've got more in store, but not for today. I get to preach just about every Sunday this, this month, except next week. So anyway, and I'm glad. I remember Lester Summerall, when I was in Bible school, he said, be sure you marry a preacher. And I did. If she's not preaching behind the pulpit, she's preaching at me, brother. <laughs> it's funny because uh, we got a family of preachers, and sometimes you just can't get away from it. You're just standing, standing there, everybody's preaching. But that's good, too. But I want to share with you, I want to talk about, uh, I, I made a decision, uh, I wanted to talk about, uh, 
I wanted to talk specifically about Jesus all of December. Because sometimes we talk about topics. We talk about fear. We talk about marriage. We talk about this. We talk about that. But I want to specifically focus my attention on Jesus this particular month. And uh, I've got so many thoughts. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I'm going to read verse 9. It's not in your notes if you're on the app, but I will get to those notes. He says this. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the thought came to me, I don't think everybody really knows the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The more we know about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more we're going to see not only the kingdom of God manifested in our lives, but the kingdom of God manifesting around us. Because everywhere Jesus went, he brought the kingdom. He brought the kingdom of God and everything that the kingdom of God brought. But he said, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And if you would look in the context of 1 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9, it's all about giving. Paul is stressing to the people of Corinth, they had promised to give a gift to help out the people in Jerusalem because the people in Jerusalem were suffering. And so he brought this up, but I'm not taking up another offering. But I want to use this because I want to point out that there is a grace that God has and he wants to, he uses it not only a one-time thing when you come to the altar and you give your life to Jesus, but you are living a life of grace because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're... I believe that we should study the grace of Jesus. We could probably never exhaust the subject of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to read that again. He says, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you think you know it all, you need to be studying the grace of Jesus. He he, when, when the Apostle Paul Gage said this, he was acting, he was speaking like they knew all about the grace. I would say that we need to study the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ even more than what we have because we have limited even the grace of God. We've limited it. There's a scripture in the Old Testament I used to like to use I haven't used it for a long time, but it just came to my memory. It says, you have limited the Holy One of Israel. 
You say, well, God, why, why aren't you? I've been praying about this. Well, God says, as, you, as, long, as long as you're limiting me, I can't do it. You have limited the Holy One of Israel. How many of you like to take, untie God's hands in your life? Hallelujah. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. And I want to just share this. Well, let me go to um, Hebrews chapter 13. Again, this note is not in your notes, but I thought about it this morning, so I wanted to share it. He says in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8, we are familiar with verse 8. A lot of us are. He says, for Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that Jesus doesn't change. Hallelujah. The same Jesus that's in the Gospels is the same Jesus today. Yesterday, today, and forever. I like there's a scripture in, in Revelation, speaking of Jesus. He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I want to share with you that Jesus just didn't start existing when he was born of Mary. Jesus pre-existed Mary. As a matter of fact, Jesus said to the Pharisees, well, the Pharisees said to Jesus, you're not yet 50 years old and you've seen Abraham? Yeah. Jesus said, well, Jesus also said this. He said, Abraham saw my day and was glad. And then they said, you're not yet 50 years old and you, you've, uh, you, you've seen Abraham? And Jesus said this. Yeah, he would say things and get in trouble. I, I'd almost feel bad for, oh, Jesus, don't say that. <laughs> I used to feel like when I was younger in the faith, I used to think, oh, Jesus, don't say it. You know, Pilate's trying to, Pilate's trying to let you go. But Jesus came to die for you and me, all of us. But Jesus said this to the Pharisees before Abraham was, I am. Whoa. They wanted to kill him. Why? Because he was saying, I'm that God that was in the bush. I'm that God that, would, that, Moses, that talked to Moses in that fiery bush. I'm that same God. He said, I am God. I preexisted this body right here. So when Jesus was born of Mary, he just put on a glove. I wish I'd had a glove with me this morning. But he put on a glove, and that glove was his body. And when he was hanging on that cross and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit, he slipped out of the glove. But he was always, see, it's hard, for us to, it's hard for us to think about this because we are mortal. We have a beginning, and if Jesus lingers in coming back, we have an end, the physical body. But 
Those that are in Jesus will live forever. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you're going to live forever? I wanted to share this with you because I wanted you to know that Jesus wasn't just born 2,000 years ago. He slipped on a body 2,000 years ago so that he could redeem us, save us, deliver us, and all the things that he did. Hallelujah. There's another scripture I wanted to share with you. Where's that? Oh, yeah, it's in my other app. I got, a, I got two Bible apps on here, and each one of those have, you know, different uh, translations and stuff like this. But I need to share this with you because Jesus, again, was before Mary in Bethlehem. Jesus is eternal God. So, if I could sing real good, I'd sing the hallelujah chorus. But the hallelujah chorus was made for a choir. That's why hymns are so difficult to sing sometimes, because they're made for choirs. And I can't do all the parts. But anyway, he says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born. Have you ever heard of that before? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. I'm looking forward to that. That'd be a good time, Tommy. Amen. Okay. For the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God. Now how could that, how could that child be Mighty God? Because he existed before, he existed before he was born a Mary. Mighty God, everlasting Father. That ought to put a twist in your thinking. The child is now the everlasting Father. And the Prince of Peace and, the, and, of, his, and of the increase of His government and peace, there will be no end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm looking so forward to not having to hear another political advertisement. I don't want to see another political sign. I don't want to hear none of that. There's going to be a king that's going to come. You might not like this, but I can prove this in the scripture. He's going to come back and kill a bunch of politicians. I can prove it in the Bible. But since this is Christmas time, He's going to remove from office <laughs> permanently. Anyway, and it's not just talking about one party. Sometimes one party, sometimes two parties seem like one party. Anyway, I'm not supposed to be talking like this. My wife's going to say, now you were doing good. <laughs> Hallelujah. So. I'm at my message now. 
The, gra- the message is called the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But before I, which I've already kind of covered, I wanted to share with you again that Jesus was eternal God before Bethlehem. Okay? So I just wanted to point out, Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The word God there is Elohim, and Elohim is a plural word. Plural means more than one. So Elohim created the heavens and the earth, and then he goes on in verse 26 of Genesis, and he says this. He says, then God said, let us. Who us? Who is us? Him and the angels? No. It's him, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Or if you don't like Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. But I was, uh, actually, I learned to read on the King James Bible. I still have my King James Bible. I had to get it. It was my preaching Bible. I had to get it recovered. Just the outside. It's still the Holy Bible. Amen. Anyway, why did I say all that? So, then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And let them have dominion. Let them, not him, but them. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I want to let you know what that creep is. That's the principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of this world. Remember, Jesus said to the disciples, he said, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ makes you in the image of God. It empowers you with authority. You say, but they sinned. That's true, but that's why Jesus comes in. Jesus came, God never changed his plan. He has, he is taking us back to the original where we are made in the image of God and we are ruling the earth with authority. Let me just say this. We are not here to rule each other. Oh, man. I always think, what am I going to say when I get up there? And then I think, you never have you don't know when to stop talking. God wants us to have authority in the earth, but we are not to dominate other people. We are not here to dominate you. We are here to encourage you and equip you and to show you what God has done already. Do you know what? God has already done everything he's going to do. 
He doesn't need to go back to the cross every time you sin. He's our, his blood is got you covered. Thank you, Lord. I'm just going to have... Some, some of you might ask, and I, I, I wrote this down, so I'm going to cover it. Why didn't God just get rid of the devil and just give everything back to us? You ever wonder about that? Why didn't God... I used to think, why did God create bugs? <laughs> I, I was, that was way back. Why did God create bugs and snakes? Flies, maggots, all that stuff. There is a reason. But the thought came to me, we have a thing in the Navy. I'm sure they have it in the Army, too. It's called Officers Training School. Officers Training School. God wants us to be trained in how to use the authority that he's given us. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God is wanting to take us through an officer's training school so that we will know how to rule and to reign in Christ. I don't have time to cover all this, but you know that the Bible says that we are going to rule and reign with Christ. And that's why I say sometimes we, we have so undervalued, underestimated what Jesus did for us in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, he forgives you. Yes, he saves you, but he does more than that. God wants us, God wants us to grow up. Now, I, I, I've heard people say this. I would never say it. time to put up, put on your big girl pants or big boy pants, whatever. God wants us to grow and mature in Jesus Christ so that we can rule and reign with Christ, not just in heaven, but also here on this earth. And one of the best ways of ruling and reigning is to be like him. And one of the things that, that we need to be like him in is to love one another. Well, I just want to walk in authority. I don't want to love. Then you don't have, then you are not qualified to walk in authority. If all you want to do is boss people around, you are going back to officer's training school. You might just go back to training school. Boot camp. All right, hallelujah. Well, who is he? Who is this Jesus? Well, in Isaiah 40, verse 12, he says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? You know, have you ever been out in the middle of the Atlantic? There's a lot of water out there. There's a lot of water in the Mediterranean. There's a lot of water in the Pacific. He has measured the waters in the palm of his hand. He has measured the heavens with a span. Yeah. 
Look at me. This is a span. He has measured. Well, that's impossible. With God, all things are possible. Remember, he's been around a long time. He got time to do it. And he calculated the dust of the earth in a measure. He's counted all the dust. Don't you wish he'd have just got rid of some? He weighed the mountains in a scale and the hills in a balance. Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord or who or as his counselor has taught him? Who has, caught, who has taught God? Well, the answer is no one because there's no one like him. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 17, the Bible says, all things consist or are held together by him. Everything, everything is held together by him. Who is this Jesus that we worship? Well, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 25, it says this. I must have left something. Anyway, he says, to whom will you liken me? The reason he said that, it was because they were, they gave up God and started worshiping their idols. They started watching American Idol and they just, uh, you know, they just forgot all about God. They were making... They were making figures, figurines. They were making, they made a calf and started worshiping it. But it was a gold calf, Pastor. Well, who put that gold there in the first place? It was the, it was the eternal God. They were, they were rejecting the eternal God so that they could worship an idol. So that's why he said this. He said, he said this, he says, uh, to whom will you liken me or to whom shall I be equal? He says, you're making me equal to a calf, a golden calf. You're making me equal to a statue of a man. You're making me equal to that. But he said, lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these things. What's he talking about? the stars. Now, I went out this morning. I think it was around six or, or before, and I looked up, and there just wasn't that many stars because of the light pollution. But I've been out in the middle of the Atlantic and the middle of the, of the Mediterranean, and I looked up at night, and there was a carpet of stars. And that's just a small portion of what there is. And God says this, he goes on to say this. He says, he says, um, who brings out their host by number. He's got every star numbered. He calls them all by name. He's got a, he, he's got a pet star. He's, he calls them all by name. I know that you can, you can send your money someplace and you can name a star after somebody. Let me tell you, God's already got that star because it belongs to him. He made it and he's already named that star. 
I don't care how many certificates you get, God's already got that star named. Now, if you did that for somebody, I hope I didn't ruin the surprise. But he goes on to say this in Isaiah 40, verse 31. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. When we keep our focus upon the Lord and we continually invite him in and make him first place in our lives, he is going to renew our strength. Hallelujah. Let me just say this, that I just have to just tell you. Why did Jesus have to come? Because a spirit cannot save you. God did all of this stuff. He put the stars in the heavens. He created everything, but he couldn't save you. He could, he could forgive you but he couldn't save you. So in Philippians chapter two and verse five, uh, the apostle said this, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What kind of mind was that? The mind was humility and meekness. Now that might not seem very powerful, but the meek shall inherit the earth. Yeah. That's right, yeah. So, we restrict God's blessings when we try to do it our way. When we, when we exalt ourselves in pride, when we lift up ourselves in pride and we don't allow God to lead us, then we tie his hands. That's why it is so powerful when we become humble because he resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And that grace is also an, an empowerment, a divine empowerment to succeed. And I don't have time to define every word, but even when it said, the Bible said, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though we were rich, yet he became poor. Well, how poor was he? He fed 5,000 with uh, five loaves and two fishes. He was poor in comparison to where he was before. He was so poor that when they hung him on the cross, they were rolling dice to see who got his robe. Yeah, but foxes have holes. Birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has not anywhere to lay his head. That was by choice. That was by choice. In comparison to his dominion in heaven, just to come down here. You know, how many of you have seen some beautiful places in the earth? I've been to Alaska, I've been to the Mediterranean, I've been to South America, I've been to uh, Africa. I've seen some beautiful places, but they do not compare with the glory that's in heaven. They don't compare. So, thank you, Jesus. 
Let me just, I'm just going to have to do, uh, do this. Uh, <laughs> I've got another sermon here. No. A spirit cannot, a spirit does not have flesh and blood. God, and, and this is a good key. I want, I want you to get this. Well, how can we all be made in the image of God? We all look different. Our skin color is different. Our body parts are different. When God said, I'm going to make you in my image, God is a spirit. And the spirit of God, we are made in the likeness of the spirit of God. That's why uh, I can love as a brother somebody that looks completely opposite of me. Have you ever looked at somebody and thought, man, they're ugly? <laughs> well, have, have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> no, no. How, how can you define what beauty is? You're not God. You might be defining beauty in a certain way, and that just don't fly. Just don't fly. God, the Bible says, he makes all things beautiful. How many of you ladies are ready to say, I'm beautiful? Well, I'm handsome. <laughs> Hallelujah. A spirit cannot save you because there is no redemption without blood. It's no redemption. I just want to give you a, a couple of things. What does the blood of Jesus do? Well, there is redemption through the blood of Jesus. In him we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So, God needed to become man because man, all men were... were um, Stained with sin. They were sinners. But Jesus came because he was not a sinner, but he had on an earth suit. Hallelujah. You know, you know, Stephen, just keep going. Okay. So, what does the blood of Jesus do? It gives us fellowship with God. Hebrews 10, 19, Therefore, brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. You know, you can, there's a, a song, I don't remember when it was, but it used to go, walk right in, sit right down, baby. Anybody remember that? Yeah, hallelujah. Walk right. Now, I'm not talking about being arrogant with God, but he has made a way through the blood of Jesus, so that we can go into his presence without any sense of rejection. Without any sense of rejection. And well, he's not done there. He says, by a new and living way, which he consecrated to us through the veil, that is his flesh, having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true 
heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to our confession of hope or faith without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Do you confess that because of the blood of Jesus, you can walk into the presence of God? There's several times in the, in the book of Hebrews where he talks about us making confessions of faith. I'm not making confession about how great I am. I'm making confessions of how great he is and what he's done. The only thing that you have, the only thing that you have from salvation is what Christ has done. You can't, you do not, you have no, you have no way to add to your salvation. It's only through what Jesus did on the cross and through the blood. You ought to be happy. You know why? Because some of us have tried to add to it and we just get frustrated. We try, well, I'm just going to be, I'm, I'm going to be gooder. How many of you ever, uh, you know, you sent, how many of you ever done this? Well, God, I'm never going to do that again. Well, you have to repent for lying because you're going to do it again. So it's only through what Jesus has done. So we have fellowship. We have healing. He says, who, who himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we having died to sin should, might live to righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Well, where's the blood? Well, through the stripes, yeah. through the wounds. But that's not the last. He says this. He says, All, for you are like sheep gone astray. But now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. He doesn't even trust you to oversee your soul. He has to do it for you. I'm happy about that. What else? Well, the blood of Jesus offers protection. In, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 13, Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Okay? Let's go to another one. This is, the, I think this is the last one. What does the blood of Jesus do for you? It gives you authority. We've already talked about authority. Adam and Eve had it. In the gar uh, when God said, uh, we're going to make man in our image, let them have dominion, let them have authority. Now we know that they lost it in chapter 3. They gave it away. But God wants you to have it back. He says this in Revelation 12, verse 10, Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven. You, let me... I can't, I can't resist this. You think it's going to be quiet in heaven? Let me try to keep it real quiet in church. 
I've seen people just scream at the TV and then act like a church mouse. Have you ever screamed at a TV? Have you ever thrown anything at a TV? Oh, no, you're too sanctified for that. But anyway, then I heard a loud voice in heaven. Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. In closing, I'm going to say this. What do you love that you won't give up? And they loved not their lives unto death. He's the one that gives you the authority. He's the one that tells you to confess who you are and that you and what you have in Christ and that you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony, but it's up to you to love not your life unto death. And I don't have time for that today. We'll get to that another time. Hallelujah. Did you get anything? Thank you, Lord. Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he were rich, yet he became poor, that we through his poverty might have abundance. How many of you might think that it's a possibility that you have undervalued or underestimated the salvation that God has provided for you? Brother Reuben was telling me about something he just learned a couple weeks ago. It was something that's provided in the gospel. And he was just so excited about it. You know, there's things that you, there's things that God has for you that you don't know. Some of you think that I hath not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things that God, has, that God has for those who love him. You think that's when you get to heaven. That is also right now. God's got so much for you. And then he goes on later. You told me you were going to quit. I know. He said later, but God has given us his spirit that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. God is not stingy. How many of you think that you might have underestimated or undervalued or think you don't know everything that God has for you, but you would like, but you would like to? Would you like more? Raise your hand. I'm going to pray. If you... All right. God, you see those hands. Father, you see those hands. And I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus 
Lord God, for those that have raised their hands and for those that in their heart they want more, I pray that you would give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, that they might know and experience the exceeding greatness of your power to us word who believe. And so, Father, I just give you thanks and praise and honor and glory. I believe that these people are going to rise up with the power and the authority that you have given them through the name, through the blood, and through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.